This is Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division... I'm very enthused about this. I mean, we've never had this before. Mm-hmm. I'm very enthused about this investment we're making of a million dollars for these peer navigators over the next uh, two years to really see if we can really make a difference, help stop the cycle and the people who fall through the cracks mm-hmm. just because it's so complicated to navigate. Channel 253 is supported by Microsoft. Microsoft is committed to civic conversations like those on Channel 253 that inform and empower Washington communities. To learn more, visit aka.ms slash Microsoft in Washington. Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez. Today on Crossing Division, I am delighted to have Ryan Mello, Pierce County Council member with me, to talk about, well, a little bit of everything that's coming up in the county, but in particular, I wanted to talk about the county's new comprehensive plan to end homelessness. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you for having me back, Evelyn. Always a pleasure. Um, So just to do some framing here, the county had started working on a comprehensive plan to end homelessness about a year ago, Mm -hmm. and it was a really big effort to sort of pull together all of the information on, you know, what is the current status of shelter care, what is, where are the gaps, what is needed, and really importantly, okay, let's get serious. How much money would it cost if we really wanted to fix this problem? So tell me about it. Exactly right. Um, but about a year ago, exactly, the county council directed the county's human services department to put together a steering committee. And we wanted to make sure the steering committee was made up of folks with lived experience, providers with daily expertise of serving people, uh, experiencing homelessness, other professionals, other partners, to to do just that, to develop a comprehensive plan to end homelessness. Yeah, and we, we've learned a lot, as you said, to, to, to frame up the conversation. I think it's really important to try to understand the lay of the land. And I think it's very sobering when we, um, when we just get settled on that. For example, um, our point in time count and, and other uh, data tells us on any given night in Pierce County, we have sheltered and unsheltered. 3,500 people experiencing homelessness, and that number is likely low. Mm-hmm. So sheltered and unsheltered on any given night. Throughout the course of the last few years, just independent of the pandemic, 14,500 unique individuals have touched the formal homelessness system. Wow. They, they've gone to a shelter um, and they've gotten um, formal interaction with, um, with, with a service. So again, the number of people sleeping in their car, in an encampment, sanctioned or unsanctioned, um, sleeping on people's couch, couch surfing, that number of 14,500 is likely way higher of mm-hmm. people who have experienced homelessness just last year alone. When we continue to unpack that and we we look at the face of people experiencing homelessness, disproportionately people of color. Mm-hmm. Right? We have the about forty percent of the population that we can um, identify that have been touched in the system are African American. Forty percent, right? When the, the, compared to the the 
the population yeah, of, of, of way, t- way, way higher, higher than the general population, yeah. right? Um, and, and same with other uh, communities, Hispanic community. Um, the only community that is underrepresented com- compared to the general population is the Asian community. Mm-hmm. So it continues to tell us a lot about, I think, our society, about poverty and racism and how that informs how and why people find themselves homeless to begin with, right? So mm-hmm. the disproportionality is profound. And then just one other number to sort of set the stage, and we'll yeah. get into the specifics. Um, when we look at the numbers, we we see that we are at least a thousand beds short of traditional shelter. Um, at least a thousand beds short. The plan calls for a diversity of solutions, not just traditional shelter, because mm-hmm. people are needing different pathways to get out of homelessness. Which I'm really proud this plan calls for a diversity of pathways. Um, and, and the the dollar amount to address this is approaching $117 million. And I know we'll get into all of that, but that's just a little yeah. bit about the, the size and scale of the crisis that's in front of our entire county. The, the, maybe the last number I'll throw out to start us is that we know that people experiencing homelessness in Pierce County come from every single zip code. Mm-hmm. Not one zip code is absent from where someone originated their episode of homelessness. Mm-hmm. Every single zip code. Mm-hmm. I think in Tacoma, we see an extra amount of homelessness. And I think, and the report, I think, bears this out a bit. Uh, some places in the county, some um, s- small cities and areas may not have any services, really, for homeless people. So even if you, let's say, if you lived in Edgewood or you lived in Gig Harbor and you find yourself, and let's say, you know, one other area that really um, can generate a lot of problems with homelessness is domestic violence. Mm -hmm. You find yourself in a crisis because of domestic violence. You may not have any resources in your community. Exactly. And you may therefore have no choice but to go to... Tacoma, the largest city that does have some resources. Um, so this is one of the reasons why I think we see even more of an obvious population of homeless people, unhoused people right. living on our streets in Tacoma. Right. We happen to, in Tacoma, because Tacoma funds a lot of these programs, exactly right. People come to Tacoma because they can get respite. They can get um, right, workforce central where mm-hmm. oftentimes people looking for a job go to happens to be in downtown Tacoma. Yeah. Many soup kitchens or overnight shelters happen to be in Tacoma. To, to your point, people flock here. People come here because they can get some service. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting debate. So we, we've had this debate in the county. People have these debates across the country. Well, if you didn't have the services, will you not have homeless people? It's a silly debate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's sort of like everything. It's like, well, the, you might not see as much of the problem. You know, it would be there. It would be there. But, you know, but yeah, maybe you would have more people, um, you know, sleeping on a couch somewhere or, you know, being out in the backwoods or something like right. that. Yeah. I think in uh, I think there is a really understandable and unfortunate um, 
tendency, sort of emotional tendency for people, it, it's sort of an out of sight, out of mind. I mean, I think what a lot of people want is to just not see people mm-hmm. living in such dire circumstances anymore. And so they'll say, you know, well, why can't they go to shelters? And a shelter, you know, especially if it's a communal shelter where what you have is a bed and you don't have necessarily a place to keep your things, you may not be able to have a pet, you may not be able to have your um, significant other Mm -hmm. with you, Um, you know, that's not going to be more than maybe an occasional one-night respite. I mean, that is not going to be any type of a solution to allow many people to, you know, stabilize and, and get sorted out for their next steps. Right. Um, and yeah, so that, that's, that's why, uh, access to different pathways for, for some people, they, that is the option for a few nights or, Mm -hmm. or maybe a couple of weeks, but that doesn't, that doesn't work for a lot of people. If you're Mm -hmm. a single mom with kids fleeing domestic violence, a traditional shelter, uh, you know, the, the YWCA shelter downtown is full every, every night of the week. Um, and so that's why we need different strategies to, to help support different different experiences. Mm-hmm. One of the things I, that I think is super valuable in the um, comprehensive plan is the addendum that talks about the shelter care access because it breaks down things like, you know, okay, so what's the cost? You know, if, if we have, let's say, tiny homes, what's the cost of a tiny home village per person per night? What's the cost of um, a low barrier shelter, maybe a space where people can have tents, but in a place that is more secure and has some hygienic support. Uh, What's the cost of secured parking area for people who are uh, sleeping in their cars or in a van or a camper? And it's interesting to me because, you know, some of those options are actually pretty reasonable low costs. You know, the the secure parking area for people who have uh, cars or campers is, I think it was something like $25 a night. It was really quite reasonable. And when you consider the um, the emotional benefit to someone who keeps moving their car, we've mm-hmm. got a, a van that lives near my house, near Doug's mom's house, that's been there um, for a few months now. And the people also have a car and they come and go and they're, you know, very quiet. I don't see any problem there at all. But, you know, they've got to always be on edge waiting for someone to report them or waiting for some, uh, you know, the police to come and say, you need to move along. You've been here for too long. So if they could be in a place where they could be secure and know that they're allowed to be there for a period of time, that would probably make a huge difference in their lives. Yep. So, um, there's a lot we're moving forward to advance the implementation of the plan. One of those things is safe parking. Yeah, is the the term that uh, folks use to do what you're suggesting. So right now, safe parking uh, is actually not uh, allowed in unincorporated county. Mm-hmm. And so we're running a bill to make it allowable at um, uh, places of religious assembly. And uh, what we call civic institutions in our county code. So these are places like boys and girls clubs, mm-hmm. libraries, community centers, places like that. Have you had groups like that express interest in hosting that type of a um, living situation? We've had churches um, already express interest, mm-hmm. and exactly as you suggest, right? These you know churches, libraries, others—they don't want to realistically. Um, invest in right the the dollars to to purchase the Santa can right for the and that extra water source or hand washing station or shower station if 
they're going to be told by the county, you can't do this. You can't have people overnight parking. So they legitimately want to be made sure they're following the law. These are these are rule followers. Yes. <laughs> a lot of churches yeah. are rule, rule followers. Yeah. Um, thank goodness. Um, and so they, they want to know that it's allowed. Mm-hmm. And so if they if the parish uh, congregation m- makes the investment of a few thousand bucks to provide these kinds of hygiene stations and such, they uh, they want to know it's it's going to be allowed and and put to good use. So yeah, so we we have an associated ministries based in Tacoma, but serves uh, to convene faith communities um, across the county. Uh, has been leading conversations um, by faith communities to, to see who's interested in this. Let's help you um, navigate, you know, mm-hmm. the bureaucracy to figure out how to check all the boxes and be good rule followers and pr- provide this kind of um, this kind of service and others. Sa- safe parking is just uh, I th- like you suggest easy peasy, yeah, it's really a, inexpensive, low hanging fruit. So mm-hmm. we're running this bill. We got, we got it out of committee last week. That's just, that's that's a demonstration, I think, of how this county council majority is taking the work super seriously. Let's tick off the things mm-hmm. we can practically do really quickly and work on, you know, we're working on so many things concurrently as we should. Yeah. Uh, it was I tuned in for the county council meeting where you passed this plan. And it was interesting to me that you had uh, you had near unanimous support for it. So you certainly had not just the Democrats, but the Republicans also in support. Was it difficult? And even the council member, council member Kruver, who voted against it, said that she sort of she supports the goals of it, but she didn't think that it was going to work. Um, so she wasn't comfortable spending the money. But was it difficult bringing the group together or has the situation reached such a crisis that it kind of is bigger than political uh, positions? I definitely think it's it's got a ton of momentum of its own. The state of the crisis, you know, hearing from the business community, neighborhoods all over, it's definitely reached peak crisis proportions to create its own weather pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that's not good, but it certainly right. pr- provides the political momentum to to have everybody move in the same direction. You know, some of the interesting debate at the county uh, is currently, which I, I I appreciate that we're having good constructive uh, debate about about the about the how. Now mm-hmm. it's yeah. not so much the is this a priority? Um, what problem are we trying to solve? I think with, there's gen- general broad agreement about that. Um, the the debate is now centered around the how. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much are we willing to invest? How seriously are we going to take this? Um, and how does it all get governed and, and managed? Who's responsible? So one of the six clear goals in this plan to end homelessness in our county, um, the very first goal is to create a unified office, mm-hmm. uh, unified regional office to end homelessness. Um very legitimate debate, I think, about who's on first base, who, yeah. who, who's owning this, um, who's going to pay for it, what's the governing structure. You know, our friends to the north of us uh, in King County are dealing with this experiment right now. Um, 
uh, and anything big and complicated like this, it, it, it's there, there's no straightforward answer. No, so that, you know, that, so, so that's that's one thing. How, what does this unified regional office look like? So when we approved the plan um, just the other week, uh, in the initial action steps, we directed the human services department to to go out, procure a consultant, a subject matter expert who thinks about this all the time and, and overlay our, our current um, lay of the land of the political environment in Tacoma and Pierce County to help us really answer this question. What does this unified office look like? Mm-hmm. I, I said at the beginning of our conversation that the price tag is about $117 million a year. Right. How do you come up with that kind of money? And, yeah, how can you be certain that you can have that income stream every year? Yeah. So that you don't, you know, sort of expand and then deflate. And governance drives that. I, right? Tacoma's not going to shell out a third of that cost, let's mm-hmm. say, without governance. Mm-hmm. A governance say, right? It is does the business community is the business community going to be responsible? Is the private philanthropic community do they get a seat at the governance table? Other cities should should they pay too? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the, that's that's what we mean by governance. What, yeah. what, what is um, what does the governance table look like? Because I really believe governance and fi- and financing are in, in, intimately tied together. Yeah. Uh, much much less how is this you know governed and and who's taking responsibility? What does the accountability to the community look like? All of that, too, is wrapped up in in the governance conversation. Yeah, it's hard. You know, as we look at some of the um, examples that we have out there of, you know, a multi-pronged governance body that is trying to do something complicated like sound transit or even our health department, department, you know, a city and county working together. You know, and there's always – there's always that – that issue of like you want the electeds to be on it because that brings a certain emphasis and accountability, but the electeds may not have much time and certainly may not have the expertise that's that's also needed. So, yeah, the governance is a hard one. Yep. It, hard, but, but crucial, right? For, for, Critical. For, for the life of, of this work. Um, no one's pretending that that in a capitalist society, homelessness doesn't go away. Right. It, this is about managing homelessness uh, in a highly humane and effective way. The, the term that the plan begins to coin and use is functional zero. Mm-hmm. So a- acknowledging there's going to be homelessness in in an urban Ever, society. At all times. So, I mean, our examples of the person who is experiencing domestic violence, that will happen. Yeah. They'll happen today. It will happen 10 years from now. Hopefully 10 years from now, when that happens, the person may have some options right. of places to go. And Imme- that are immediate. That are immediate. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's that's what getting to functional zero looks like. Is there an immediate intervention that is adequately and culturally competently available to every individual who is experiencing homelessness? And then what is the longer term housing intervention? Is that you know, relatively immediately available to them? So we're creating mm-hmm. this ecosystem where, yes, you might find yourself homeless because you lost your job. Mm-hmm. You, um, you're you a victim of domestic violence. Your parents you, kicked you out. Your parents picked you, kicked you out because you're gay. Yeah. But it, there, 
there are going to people people are going to find themselves homeless what is the system to catch them quickly support them quickly and then move them to a stable housing option as a transition mm-hmm. to their to their long term that's that's what we want to create so how do you go about now you you have the authorization since you have an action plan that is targeting the this is what we need first to get going how what happens? You know, do, does somebody come up with a recommendation saying this is what I think the governance body should look like or this is what I think the financing options should be and bring it back to the council? That, that is what we're expecting. So we allocated some funding for a, a subject matter expert to think about that for us, survey our, our local landscape, work with a steering committee that is that – so a version of a steering committee helped create this plan. Mm-hmm. There'll be a version of a steering committee that is charged with um, working with our staff to implement the plan, to help provide some over, some citizen oversight to imp- implement the plan. They'll be consulted. And so yeah, what, what the consultant and the steering committee and our staff come up with about what this unified governance looks like, we expect that to take about a year mm-hmm. of conversation because there's a lot of conversations to have about this. That, that's not going to stop us from doing a lot of different things, but, right? We have a lot cooking to implement the plan. So that's the, the, answering the question about long-term governance is not stopping us from implementing Good. the plan. Good. So tell me a little bit about that. So this is where, this is what I'm always really interested in, just sort of the, in the meantime, yep. you know, we know we want to build more housing. We know we need all these options. Those take time. Yep. In the meantime, we've got folks living on the street. What can we do right now? Right. And one of these things is your secure parking yep. um, option. Mm-hmm. Um, if that is an allowable thing for entities to do, then we hope they may be able to do it. Do you have some thoughts on providing some seed money out to like um, churches and groups to say, you know, we will help you set up the contract for the porta potties and the water yep. stations and the trash pickup. Yep, exactly. Tell me about it. So there's some seed dollars for those sorts of things. Cause those things cost money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we have takers, we want to help make it mm-hmm. affordable. Um, we, uh, at the end of last year, opened Aspen Court, which is about 120-bed, oh, the old Comfort Inn at South 84th and Hosmer mm-hmm. in South End Tacoma. Uh, and I was at a community meeting uh, late last week, and they're at 98% capacity. So folks currently living on the street, you have, you have to, to qualify to come live in Aspen Court, you have to be living on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's nearly full. Um, this plan, um, one of the immediate near-term actions is purchasing a similar uh, unused motel. Uh, a lot of motels went out of business during the pandemic. Yeah. So uh, an, uh, this, there's dollars in this plan to acquire a very similar version in the f- greater Fife area. The, mm-hmm. the exact property is not yet um, mm-hmm. confirmed, but, but somewhere along but the I-5 corridor, there's a there. lot of unused, yeah. but yeah. So, um, th- that's another example. We have dollars to almost double the capacity at the Tacoma rescue mission. Um, another major appropriation that we did in our near term actions the other week is, um, about a million dollars to fund peer navigators. So these are folks who previously were homeless. They have firsthand knowledge of what it is like to live homeless, to, to live homeless. Um, so it's called peer navigators. Um, th- we anticipate these 
10 peer navigators over the course of the next two years to be able to um, intimately support about a thousand unique individuals over the next two years, really intense case management. Cause it's, it's rough to be homeless. Yeah. It, and the system is so fragmented, right? Nav- so na- navigating the system when uh, the navigating the system is complicated, right? It's one provider to get your emergency shelter. It'll mm-hmm. be another social service provider that you go to maybe get behavioral health treatment or yeah. to get um, to help find a job, and yet another provider to go get your license back. Right? The, the, mm-hmm. the system well, is if you've so got fragmented. A, if you have a child or something, then that's even more. The, and you know. yeah, and then. Uh, and then what if you don't have a place for someone to call you back, uh, you know, to call you back? Or yeah. So th- these peer nav, uh, and we know lots of people fall through the cracks and can and can just never get their head above water. And they just sink and sink and sink. And and, and we wonder why people can't lift themselves out of homelessness. Right. So I, I'm I'm very I'm very enthused about this. We've never had this before. Mm-hmm. I'm very enthused about this investment we're making of a million dollars for these peer navigators over the next uh, two years to really see if we can really make a difference, help stop the cycle and the people who fall through the cracks mm-hmm. just because it's so complicated to navigate. I think an aspect of, of that being successful also will be to see if we can get, and I speak for Tacoma because that's where I live, but to try to get some um, stability around the idea of sweeping out these encampments. Because I know one of the issues that happens is that people are intense. They've been there maybe for a couple of weeks, and they've made some connections with people. And then the encampment is swept, and they're just you know scattered to the wind. And it breaks all of the very fragile social um, bonds, social bonds, and 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 even just that people know where they are. Um, you know, I've heard the service providers say, you know, this is really a frustration because just as we think we're getting someone to the point where they're receiving services and we've gone through all of these processes, their tent will be removed and we don't know where they are. So until they get back in touch, you can't. It's them. all off the table. Mm-hmm. We're done. Yeah. We have to start fresh with someone else. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just got to be a better way. Yeah. And it takes trust, right? Mm-hmm. So folks living on the street, um, especially those for a long time, they don't have trust with the system. Sure. And they're not going to say yes to going to shelter or getting treatment or whatever it is they need if they don't trust the folks who are trying to help them. And it takes time to build that trust. Right. To, so, and it takes relationship and time with those. So you got to know where they are, is, I guess, yeah. is, the, is the point. Um, scattered to the wind is not a is not a strategy. Yeah. So so de- more sanctioned encampments. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Um, we have to be able to not so that we're not just telling people you can't be here, you can't be there, but rather this is where you can be, and this is where you can be for some period of time, so that you can establish those relationships and and stabilize yourself, right. and then start right. making the plans to get into something yeah. better. And when they're sanctioned. Like that, not only can the providers be in touch and have the the time and space to build that relationship, but we can also manage all the other externalities that neighbors complain about. Exactly. The, the trash. The trash. Uh, when it's sanctioned and in one place, then the city can bring dumpsters and right. hygiene facilities to one place. It, they, they can't feasibly do it when people are random. Uh, random. That right. doesn't that, that doesn't work. Right. Well, this just sounds so promising. 
you know, I, I'm so sorry it's taken so long, but I agree. It kind of needed to hit like a pure crisis stage before things started, uh, you know, not that they haven't been happening, but um, getting really constant, concentrated attention. What can people who are listening do to help with this process? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, everything from if they belong to a civic institution or a um, or a faith community, figuring out how to get their Kiwanis Club, their Rotary Club, their mm-hmm. faith community involved to be part of the solution, contacting our human services department to raise their hand and say, yeah, we, we want to make our parking lot mm-hmm. uh, available for safe parking. Or, you know what, our, our parish basement is not being used. We're willing to house a family or two. And I would say maybe maybe even a private business, you know, if they have a parking lot and they say, you know, we could have three or four. um, We're not using the parking lot from 5 p.m. to 7 a.m. Right. Or we we always have that that back row is always vacant. Right. Yeah. There's a great potential there. Right. So so that that's that's the clearest thing in my mind. Um, Any any ideas are welcomed. so people should should be able should feel free to contact me or contact our human services department to provide their ideas. What's not helpful is to say you don't want to see it and you yeah. don't want it in your neighborhood. That that's not helpful. So I'll be clear about that. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know we we have a great many um, social service providers that are just doing awesome work and uh, reaching out to them to provide money, provide blankets. They're, they're always really clear about what it is they need at any mm-hmm. given time, depending on the year, whether it's hygiene facilities or blankets or socks. Um, and then there's something folks could Google, the Pierce County Coalition to End Homelessness. Yes. It's a group of individuals who, have, who, who meet every single Friday, every single Friday of the year to coordinate. And they do a lot of work in between that. But every Friday morning at uh, 9.30, they meet. Right now it's on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, You can go to their website. They, they always um, are clear on the website about what's needed by ordinary folks like you and I. Um, it, that that there, There's a way to, to plug in. They're being very thoughtful about um, organizing individuals, volunteers, and the service providers mm-hmm. to be really thoughtful. So I, I pop into their calls as often as I can to listen and learn. Mm-hmm. But they're doing a great job of, of coordinating from the private, social service, philanthropic, faith-based uh, space. Yeah, I agree. I'll put another link to them on our, on our uh, episode notes, but they are doing a really good job. And they're... Um, good people. I mean, they're people who have been working at this and continue to work at this and, uh, and they're not defeated. They continue to push forward, which is important. They're impressive. Well, let's take a break right here. And when we come back, I want to ask you about other things that you see coming up for the county. Okay. Great. Hello, I'm Doug Mackey, producer at Channel 253. This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by Microsoft. Microsoft is proud to support Rainier Scholars. Rainier Scholars believes that all students deserve an equal opportunity to excel academically and become our next community and business leaders. And now they're in the 253. Rainier Scholars Tacoma is a long-term college readiness program for underrepresented students of color in the Tacoma community. They recruit in the fourth grade, start working with students and families the summer before fifth grade, and walk alongside them through college completion with the goal of graduating with minimal debt. 
Do you know a student who should be part of the first Tacoma cohort? Recruitment is now underway. Microsoft and Rainier scholars share the desire to cultivate a growth mindset and believe every student deserves the opportunity to achieve more. To find out more about Rainier Scholars in Tacoma, visit rainierscholars.org and click Tacoma. My thanks to Microsoft for their support of Channel 253 and Rainier Scholars. Hi, we're back. Before we get into sort of what other things are coming up for Pierce County Council, uh, if you are not yet a member of Channel 253, I hope you will consider joining us. It is very affordable, $40 a year, $4 a month. Uh, and you get to not only have the satisfaction of supporting these great local podcasts, but you also get access to our member Slack channel, which is the place to get the news about what is going on locally. And you also get Doug Mackey's fabulous off-the-record podcasts. So, Ryan, tell me what other things are coming up for you as 2022 uh, comes along. Yeah, what, what I can uh, envision for the rest of 2022, we're really busy. There's a lot of, there's a lot at stake um, mm -hmm. going on. I, I see the council really focused in a couple of other major areas in addition to homelessness. Yeah. Um, affordable housing is another big area oh, that, that we're really focused on. Um, equity, uh, equity in general, being more culturally competent and equitable in everything that we do, um, with an emphasis on police relations and police accountability mm. is, um, uh, another area is a second area that has a lot of our focus. And a third area that I would say has a lot of focus is, uh, implementation of our recently approved, uh, climate and sustainability plan. Oh, excellent. So excellent. those, those there, there's a lot of other things, but those are three areas that, that have a lot of our attention. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about the affordable housing. What can the county do to help? Because, uh, I mean, uh, you'll see this everywhere that everyone is worried. I mean, you know, those of us who own homes are gratified that our homes are worth, you know, five times what we paid for them. <laughs> but it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not healthy economy if, you know, younger adults cannot purchase homes. Yep. It is not a healthy economy if, you know, people who've lived here their whole lives, um, you know, don't have family members able to live around them. Yep. That is an unhealthy economy. Or that 50% um, of the folks who rent can't afford to Right. And spend more than 30% right. or 50% of their income on rent. Yeah, I don't know how people are managing to pay rent it's, right now. It's so high. It's really high. Um, so working on a few strategies, we're working on a housing action strategy for the county. Uh, we don't have one, believe it or not. Hmm. Uh, we're working on a comprehensive housing action strategy that it's going to... Um, it's going to do a few things. It's going to tell us how many units we are deficient, both for ownership and rental, by income band. Oh. So people who make um, 30 to 50 percent of the area median income, how many units are we deficient yeah. throughout Pierce County in that income band, so on and so forth, all the way up to people who make 100 percent of the mm -hmm. median income. Mm -hmm. And then some. So so we're going to we're going to base the plan based on data mm -hmm. because you make different decisions. Right. If if you're told, hey, hey uh, you, 
you know, Evelyn, you need 5,000 more units for people who make $35,000 a year. We're, we're deficient five versus Evelyn, we need 200 more units. Right. You, you're going to make different decisions right. about your, your investments and your policies. So that's why I really want this based on to be driven by data. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we're, we're, we're going to have that level of analysis in this plan. This plan is going to conclude, uh, by the end of this August. And then we're going to have specific actions to get at uh, those strategies. Again, different strategy. If, mm-hmm. if you tell me I need 10,000 more units for people who make $80,000 a year, uh, that there's a different way to yeah. support the that's marketplace. A, that's that. an easier fix, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's. do you think we'll get more federal money into the into the housing sector because you know if you're making thirty five thousand or under, I mean you need a place that is, um, not not what is currently considered affordable. I mean you cannot pay a thousand dollars a month in rent. No. So I think the short answer is yes, and we're grateful for our congressional delegation for prioritizing housing, getting the housing and urban development secretary out here. Mm-hmm. Um, to get her feet on the street of t- Tacoma, um, and we, so we're 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 working hard um, already. Again, another example of not just waiting for that plan. Right. Um, we're trying to stand up a community land trust that works on perpetual home ownership, uh, as an example. Um, Working on solving this problem, you know, back, back to f- folks who might have luckily owned their home for some time right. and it is worth five times what yeah. they bought it, but they're they're approaching not being able to afford the taxes, the property, because oh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're very income constrained, right? Right. We, we've done an analysis and, you know, for um, seniors as defined by the state law, uh, w- whether you're, you're a senior or you're disabled and you're on a fixed income, as defined by state law, mm-hmm. um, you have the ability to reduce your property tax load. Well, our analysis shows that one third of the folks who are eligible for that property tax exemption aren't taking it. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's very low information about yeah. that. So there's lots of different things. We th- that, That's one example. We're, mm-hmm. we're trying to really understand that and figure out how, how we can make it easier? Can it be more of an opt-in than an mm-hmm. opt-out? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or excuse me, an oh, opt-out yeah, opt than an opt-in? Opt uh-huh. I don't there We need to be... Uh, th- those are the kinds of things that we can do in county government. Um, and um, th- there's there's a lot in this space of helping to invest in building more mm-hmm. perpetual affordable housing. We In our last budget, we created the county's first affordable housing development fund. We haven't had an affordable housing development fund. And Deposited a few million dollars into that fund for the first time ever. Wow. Um, we've used a lot of our American Rescue Plan Act dollars to support those agencies building Good. permanently affordable housing to build more. So the Habitat of yeah. Humanities of the World, the Tacoma Housing Authorities of the World, the Mercy Housings of the World. We've nearly doubled the investment we've made in previous years. With So we, we've really made housing, affordable housing, a uh, really top priority of how we chose to use our American Rescue Plan Act dollars. That's a good use of money because you're actually getting something for it. You know, if you're just, not that it isn't important to use it for services, but the money will dry up. You know, that's short-term money. So if you can use it to buy stuff and invest in real things that will last longer than the money, that's a good use of money. That's what we think too. Good. Tell me about equity and police oversight. 
So we have a the county's first equity review committee convened individuals from every county council district being facilitated by uh, your longtime old friend, uh, former uh, retired judge uh, Frank Cuthbertson. Oh, yeah. Um, good man. He, he, very good man. He's uh, facilitating the Equity Review Committee. They're, they're looking at lots of things for the county, for everything from a diversity, equity, and inclusion policy for the county to how the county can go about delivering daily services in a much more culturally competent way. Um, they're, they're tasked with a lot. One of, one of the additional things they've been tasked with is um, to look at what could civilian oversight of our sheriff's department mm-hmm. and law enforcement in general look like. You mm-hmm. know, w- when someone comes to me with a complaint, whether it be about the prosecutor, they, they think the prosecutor should have the pro- the pro- there's hundreds of deputy yeah. prosecutors <laughs> that the prosecuting attorney's office should have um, you know charged someone right. or mischarged someone to a complaint they have about the sheriff's department. There's nowhere for someone like me. I, I can't be the arbitrator right. of that. I'm not skilled to. It's not to arbitrate that um, question concern that as legitimate as it might sound of a constituent, right? Um, I think there needs to be an ombudsman or a third party that can has the skills to mm-hmm. uh, hear the complaint and then deal with it in a professional, independent way. Um, so that that's one aspect of civilian oversight. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, there's only really like the internal affairs division of the sheriff's office. Right. If someone has a complaint about an officer, it'll go through the internal affairs well, division. And I, and I don't think they have any authority over the elected sheriff, do they? I, to I don't my, think I, so. I don't think so. So that, when, that's another question. When the, um, when, uh, the Brian Moran report was provided to the county after our sheriff's incident with um, calling out police response on a newspaper carrier um, back in, was it January of 2020? Um, I read the entire um, Moran report in for a podcast. 20, January 2021, I believe. 2021. That, make, that makes sense. The election it's all was a blur. In the pandemic's a blur. I know. It's true. Um, but I read that complete report and then read it out loud into a podcast. And it was, you know, it's shocking. It's shocking material. Uh, that and the read also the charging um documents uh, for Sheriff Troyer. And one of the things that you're left with, and and I'm sure the county council felt this very directly, is what if you had something really bad happen? I mean, not this was something really Mm -hmm. bad, but I mean, when you have something really bad happen and everyone's looking at this person who was elected and feeling like, what do we do? There's nothing... To do right, the, right. It's, it, that's why the it, in that instance it took the attorney general to file charges. That's the only recourse. It has to get that serious. Um, but and, really, kind of, I don't think we've had this before. Where you really tee up the issue of who's in charge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the little constitu- a mini local constitutional crisis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because in most other situations, you only know, look at the military. You look at uh, things like that. You have. Um, you have an elected leader, even even in Washington, where we have an elected attorney general. I think if there was something truly dire that occurred, um, the governor has override powers to seek an investigation. And well, in the end, it would have to it would have to be due to criminal or maybe maybe uh, misuse of money, bribery type situation. Right. But yeah. 
it's it's uh, it's interesting for the county. You know, the county is I would say well governed. You know, you have a county executive office, you have a good county council, and yet, what do you do? Yet we still couldn't hold anyone accountable in this instance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what does civilian oversight looks look like? We're leaning on this equity review committee for their best thinking. Good. And um, we'll move forward after we get our recommendation from them. But yeah. right now, there's really there's right right now there's no civilian oversight, yeah. much less civilian input into how the sheriff's office operates. Yeah, and I mean there are significant equity issues. Um, and you know, for folks that are tired of hearing the word equity, substitute fairness. There are significant fairness issues in how people are treated, and you know who makes decisions. Um, but there's also significant financial issues. I mean, the county just authorized paying a $4 million settlement to the family of Manny Ellis, and that was because members of the Pierce County Sheriff's Office were there and active during that incident. So, you know, the county doesn't have a money tree any more than anyone else. That means taxpayer money right. will be spent. So yeah. it's a significant governance issue, yeah. I think. It, it is. You know, we, we get a lot of constituent contact about the all kinds of things as, mm-hmm. as we love to get, uh, whether they agree with us or not. Um, and I mean that sincerely. We love hearing from the public. It's really the only thing that makes me do my job better. Mm-hmm. And to your, to your point, you know, f- it, it makes sense. The, the average person thinks that the county council governs every aspect of county government, and we, and we don't. There is an independently elected prosecutor. There's an independently elected sheriff and other independently elected uh, uh, folks, uh, I'm not trying to pass the the buck. I it's I get the, the 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 I think it just furthers the point that there needs to be civilian oversight about these other or significant input at a minimum mm-hmm. um, to these other branches of government about how they go about doing their business because right now ordinary folks thinks it comes to their uh, legislative uh, person that mm-hmm. they hold accountable. So we, we, we got to figure out how to create some different mechanisms for at a minimum input, if not um, oversight. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I mean, that is a lot. You have a lot on your plate. Um, But I think you're going the right direction. I mean, I think the county council is working very effectively right now. We're trying. Which I love to see. All right. Any other items you want to add before we close out today, Ryan? Um, excited about how we're moving forward on making our sustainability plan real. You know, uh, earmarks are back in Congress as an example. I call them earmarks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what the term of art they're using these days. But, you know, to, sh- to demonstrate our um, seriousness, right, the, we, we get about six, six asks of our congressional delegation. And a few of the very top asks are for furthering our electric vehicle infrastructure plan yeah. and our active transportation plan. So, and so we're using our asks to, to implement these plans, right? I'm, I, I always get excited when we bring plans to life and not just, um, talk a good game. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why this is so important, Ryan. Anything that Pierce County can figure out, the state will do. Anything that this corner of the country figures out is fair game for the rest of the country, at least the West Coast. I mean, you are literally coming up with ideas that can safeguard the future. It is well worth your time and energy. 
And I appreciate you coming in and talking with us. Thanks for having me. Happy to. All right, that's it for this week. Check out the episode notes. I'll provide links to the Comprehensive Plan to End Homelessness and the uh, Pierce County Coalition. Um, Thank you. Thank you. We'll have you back soon. Thanks. Channel 253 is supported by Microsoft. Microsoft is committed to civic conversations like those on Channel 253 that inform and empower Washington communities. To learn more, visit aka.ms slash Microsoft in Washington. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounders B Team, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic. This is Channel 253.